Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedars-Sinai. Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited. What a show. Lines are all lit up. Get to your calls. My guest at 8.15 is a pioneer in the world of ear surgery, rebuilding ears in folks, in children from all over the world who are born without the external ear called the oracle. He uses body parts, your own body parts, and builds a brand new sculpture that not only cosmetically looks right, but enhances your hearing. That's the reason it's shaped that way. And you know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, and the world of surgery. And I believe if I find a topic due to a guest in one area, I look for that same topic in the other areas, and I'll find it. So where the hell do we find the mastery of the shape of the ear in the world of art? Well, 2,500 years ago, the Greeks, who invented algebra and everything that we do nowadays without computers, built an amphitheater that has perfect acoustics. 14,000 people go into this outdoor theater built into a mountainside, but because the shape was mimicking what your ear looks like, the curvature, the undulations... The acoustics are perfect. You could hear a coin drop on the stage. It's unbelievable. And here's the story. To honor their gods, the ancient Greeks created wonders that forced them to make extraordinary technological discoveries. One such breakthrough was a theater built to honor the god Dionysius. It was the greatest theater in the Western world with the most advanced acoustic design. Hidden in the hills of Epidaurus, about 100 miles from Athens, the 14,000-seat theater has dazzled audiences for two and a half thousand years. Two and a half thousand years they built in, and it's still working. It is a feat of engineering. 55 rows of stone seats built into the hillside with such precision that the theater has perfect acoustics. Surprisingly, the reason for sighting the theater in this remote place has its origin in medicine. Next to the theater was a vast healing center, and to the ancient Greeks, theater was medicine. But the shape, the building of it, solid limestone rock mimicking exactly. Feel your ear right now, those undulations. It's not a flat surface. Thousands of limestone blocks cut from local quarries formed the seats. His design was for 32 rows, although 23 more were added two centuries later. Behind the actors was the scanner. And there's no flat surface. The design of the theater also enhances the sound of the human voice. The secret lies in how sounds are reflected by the stone itself. 
a sound is produced by somebody's mouth, it will hit a wall, that's a reflection. And what they've done in Apodavros in order to create a large quantity of short reflections is that they've broken up the surface. You know, there is no surface which is flat. So when a sound hits a wall, it's diffused in many, many directions. It enhances the original sound by kind of stretching it a little bit longer than it already is. Each of those undulations in the skin that you feel over your ear absorbs sounds and enhances what goes inside the ear. And in the quest for perfection, the Greeks developed another technique to make the sound even clearer. When somebody speaks in a theater, you can hear resonances. And if you have an ear for it, you know which re resonances are going to get in the way of the, of the dialogue. So if you were to find something that can take those resonances out, then you're laughing. And that's exactly what they tried to do. They used a resonator, which they would tune to the frequencies that they wanted to take out and to the reflections they wanted to take out. And they would embed them in the wall. Two and a half thousand years later, the theater is still entrancing audiences. The place that has inspired for millennia remains one of the world's finest theaters. I can't wait to ask Dr. Reinisch, what do all those undulations do? How do they enhance? And when you're building a new ear, are you thinking about that? The top of your ear is called the helix. Where you pierce your ear to put an earring, that's called the lobule. But though it's covering that hole, your ear canal, that undulation is called the tragus. Is he actually building all three of these areas, mimicking this amphitheater the Greeks made? I cannot wait to hear. And what about in the world of sports? Maybe not mastering the shape of the ear, just like the Greeks did in their amphitheater or Dr. Reiner's sculpts, but actually the purpose of what goes inside the ear. And for me in my lifetime, the greatest football coach could use the ear of the player was Bill Parcells. Bill Belichick was a disciple of Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells is the only coach in NFL history to take four different teams to the playoffs. But the key is, the teams he took that he schlepped into the playoffs, like the New York Jets, were 1-15 in 15 the year before he took them over. He used the same players and took them to the playoffs. It's because of his skill and mastery of what goes inside the ear. This is Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes sitting down with him to learn a little bit about what the secret to mastering the ear was for Bill Parcells. There's no doubt that Bill Parcells is the NFL's toughest coach and maybe the best. He's turned four teams, four of them, from losers into winners and he's won two Super Bowls along the way. How does he do it? What's his formula? And what does the stress of coaching do to his psyche? He's thought about that a lot, and we, in effect, put him on the couch to talk about it as he never has before. To begin with, he told us that one big secret of his success has been head-to-head -head confrontations. I think confrontation is healthy because it clears the air very quickly, and most of these athletes that you deal with are pretty well used to that kind of thing. Has an athlete ever taken a, a swing at you? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, sure. We've had a few of those. <laughs> really? Well, sure, that's okay. Parcells spelled out his notion of how to turn a loser into a winner on, in, of man, all places, on, the Harvard Business Review. He wrote that a new coach 
or a new CEO has to wage a relentless pursuit of perfection by showing he's in charge by imposing his leadership. And of course, confrontations can do that, but... Didn't one of your players throw his jersey in your face? Yeah. Yeah. And he was taken off the field by security? Right. These things happen. He's still on the team. Yeah. He's still on the team. I don't have to make examples out of players to establish my own place. You mean... I don't feel like I have to. Everybody knows what a you are. They're... <laughs> Yeah. Cut it up in there or I'll get me another punt return. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's what you're going to be doing Sunday when we go to Seattle. You're going to be watching a game in New York on TV. When we first profiled him five years ago, we saw him at his toughest. Get in the huddle, Tidrick! On his players. Hurry up, Karzuski! Get over here, Scott! Get over here, Frost! What's missed on us is he's not just yelling and screaming at his players, his coaches. He is specifically, he's like a psychiatrist. He is specifically getting through the ear. He's a master of what goes in the ear into their head. Here's an example of a player that he touched to his core by mastering the ear. Curtis Martin, Bill Parcells taking over the New York pitiful Jets. 1-15, in and the next year he takes him to the playoffs. His running back for the Patriots the season before, now he's left and gone to the Jets. He left his running back, Boy Wonder, he called him, with the Patriots. And lo and behold, they're in the same division. Curtis Martin, still on the Patriots, gets to play against that coach who yelled and screamed at him but was a true master of his ear. In 1997, Parcells would embark on yet another rebuilding process when he agreed to coach the last place New York Jets. He would put his coaching talents to the test with a team that had only won one game in 1996. Oh, Dick, I'll tell you, I'm too old to do this. These guys here, I'm telling you, this is hard. We're doing a little better, but it's hard. Because, you know, teams 1 and 15, they just get beat down, you know, mentally, you got to... Just remember what you did up the other place. Well, <laughs> that other place was New England. And his first trip back there was a memorable night for a player Parcells had nicknamed Boy Wonder. Curtis Martin, and here he is. It was my first time with Parcells on the other side. And I had this, like, you are the enemy now. Like, I am, I am going to destroy your team just because you are the one who's coaching them. And you're not coaching us anymore, you know. So I had one of my best games ever. I ended up having, like, 200 yards or so. And every time I got tackled out of bounds on the Jets' sideline, I would just walk away from him and look at him, like, just stare him in the eye. Yeah, thinking he's getting even. After the game was over, he came up to me and he said, Boy, wonder who do you think you're growling at? Who, who are you making those faces at? And, you know, we laughed about it and we were walking. I remember saying, Coach, all, all jokes aside, I don't really remember telling any other man this in my life. I said, but, man, I really love you. And if it weren't for you, I don't know where I'd be. And uh, he just looked at me and it was like his mouth slowly cracked and... I love you too, Boy Wonder, you know? And we, we parted our ways, and next year, 
came after me. The next year, Parcells brought free agent Curtis Martin to New York. The mastery of the ear, Bill Parcells and Curtis Martin. Listen to what Curtis Martin then does. Parcells would stay one more season, and he would receive a parting gift from the man who won the Jets' 1999 Team MVP award. I got that trophy, said to myself, this is all a result of him. Without him, there's no way. Parcells not only helped me become a good football player, a spectacular run by Curtis Martin. but he helped me become a better man. I really believe that he, in a way, helped save my life, for sure. So this is how he did it. And so what I did was I wrote a note telling him how I would probably be somewhere lost if it weren't for him. And I told him that um, he's like a father to me. I snuck into his office and put the note and the trophy on his desk. One of my cherished mementos, I would tell you that, I have it in my house in Saratoga in a prominent place. He told me he cried. For him to tell me that, I thought meant a lot because that's like him in my mind, letting the walls down, you know, and, and, and allowing me a step closer, you know. And uh, so that was pretty significant. It's pretty significant to master the ear like he did and change the life of so many players. It's not only what the ear looks like. It actually is form and function. It's shaped for a reason the way it is. Bill Parcells could master what went in the ear the ancient Greeks mastered actually how you can recreate it in rock. And coming up next, we're going to talk to a surgeon who has spent his career mastering the actual creation of an ear on a child. The great Dr. John Reinish. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Mason in Ireland back Monday at 1 on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Tupac. Or for those who are really into hip-hop, Tupac. Because I know a lot about the hip but not the hop. Coach Dave Miller knows a lot about the hop. I'm so excited to talk to my next guest, who is an expert in a field that is just fascinating to me. And I just, I've hunted him down, and I'm so excited today he's finally made it onto the show. Dr. Reinus, John, thanks so much for making time to be with us this morning. Hi, Robbie. Nice to be with you. So, before we get into... Just the most incredible, as a sculptor, I can appreciate you so much because you sculpt in a different way. You're an additive sculptor. You're using pieces to build something versus stone carving where the masterpiece is in the rock and I have to remove it to find the masterpiece. I wanted the listeners to know who you are. Where'd you grow up? What'd your father do for a living? Medical school, how did plastic surgery come about? And of all things, 
the world of mastering the ear. Teach us a little bit about your journey. Well, I'm uh, my my parents were immigrants from uh, Czechoslovakia. Came to uh, Massachusetts, where I grew up, Western Massachusetts. My father hmm. was a OBGYN, uh, and but died when I was five, leaving my mother uh, with me five and then two younger sisters she was in her final year of medical school when the germans invaded prague and closed the medical school she was about two months from finishing oh my god so she ended up uh running a lab being a lab technician and um working two jobs um i went to school um i went to harvard medical school and um where'd you go on to Dartmouth College, which wow. was about 100 miles up the river from where I grew up. How did you pay? How did you pay for college, and how did you pay for medical school? Your mother didn't write a check; we, she didn't have the money. How'd you do that? Yeah, we had student loans. And did but you work? That, did you work while feet. you're in college? I did. Uh, I did. I was. Uh, it, it was an interesting story. I worked as a blood drawer in the hospital in college. Wow. And I. Uh, when I was in high school, I bought a Model A Ford, an old wreck from a classmate for $150, and I just was obsessive about it, and I restored that thing over two summers, and I drove it to college, and I was polishing it every weekend in front of my dorm, and a guy on a bicycle came by and stopped and said, you know, I used to have that car about 35 years ago, and I, Hanover, New Hampshire is a small town of about 3,000 where the college was. Uh-huh. And he, I would wave to him. I'd see him occasionally. And when I was working in the lab, in the hospital drawing blood, I was called to the emergency room to draw some blood one weekend. And I see this guy. I thought he was an English professor, but he was a plastic surgeon. He was the first plastic surgeon I'd ever met. And he was sewing up somebody's face. And his name was Radford Tanzer. And wow. he wrote the first paper on ear reconstruction in wow. 1959, <laughs> and when he, he presented his two cases, he got a standing ovation because wow. nobody could make an ear before that, uh, and he did it with rib cartilage, and that's the way it's been done since the 50s. Wow. The problem is that it's painful and that you have to be old enough to have enough rib cartilage in your chest to make an ear. So most people now wait until you're about 10 years old to do an ear reconstruction. But my wife, when I started plastic surgery at Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, my wife worked on our craniofacial team as a uh, psychotherapist. And she told me how traumatic, and she she gets children better than I do. Uh She said it's really traumatic for children not only to wait until you're 10 years old to have the surgery because you're teased in school, mm-hmm. but it's much more painful uh, to have a rib cartilage and it's traumatic to be in the hospital huh. to have the surgery. And it's several stages. It's usually three surgeries to have an ear made. Mm-hmm. So we developed a method of reconstructing ears in 1990, one of my residents and I, using a plastic framework and covering it with tissue from underneath the scalp so in one stage we can get an ear and it, it's so it, it looks better and it's painless so we don't even do it in the hospital oh, and that uh, surgery 
we can also combine with an ear canal. So last week I was in Palo Alto working with a friend of mine uh, who is an otologist. So he makes the canal and I make the ear. And in one surgery, you've got an ear and uh, you can hear. And we do it at three or four years old. Oh, so my before God. children go to school, they get an ear. Now, they, a child grows, so the ear is obviously not going to grow as the child grows. Yeah, that's a great question. But interestingly, you know, Believe, you I'm, not, at, I'm not that well, smart. I don't think I get a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at the cartoon Rugrats, you know, those kids have big heads. Mm-hmm. And it's because our brains pretty much reach adult size by the time you're four. Uh, and if you look at their eyeballs, their eyeballs don't grow three times as big like their nose will or their arms do. Hmm. So by the time you're about four, your eyes, your ears, your brain, the things that are connected to the brain are pretty much adult size. So when you're three, we make it about five millimeters taller. But when a child is five, we don't have to make it bigger. And it doesn't grow. Older men, particularly, or women who wear heavy earrings, their ear ear lobes get bigger so their ears look bigger hmm. when they're older but but the ear doesn't grow that much this is where the collision of art and science is at its best a friend of mine that i surf with john mcatee is a man who makes braces for amputees and you know, the world is, is changing. You don't, you don't just say thank you for saving my life when you do an amputation for all kinds of reasons. That young patient says, I want to still hike and I want to still run marathons with a below-the-knee amputee. Can you imagine? And he makes these carbon fiber spring-type, it looks like a, uh, the bottom of a rocking chair, a blade, out of carbon fiber. Yeah. But you know what John McAtee told me? He said, Robbie, when I make one of these for someone who's going to be that active that they're going to want to run, if I make the baloney amputation device, the new leg, the exact same size, they can't run. Because in your running gait, it will seem too short and you'll be limping as you run. So we intentionally make the blade and the length longer than it's supposed to be if they're going to use this brace to run a marathon. So it's so interesting how you, and in my world of orthopedic surgery, I now do what's called a reverse shoulder replacement. When someone comes to me where they have no more rotator cuff and they're bone on bone, this was a, a problem that was not fixable I started 33 years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, this was, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to live with it, go to therapy, gig is into Hague, that's it for you. But now, this is an operation from France where I intentionally reverse, make the ball into the socket, the socket into the ball. It's Pablo Picasso with a scalpel. It's insanity. But it actually is so successful, pain relief, full range of motion, it's amazing. So it's really fun for me to listen to you talk about taking liberties artistically with a problem in science, in the body as a surgeon, and actually having it work to the benefit of your patient. That's just awesome. 
for you to be this amazing artist, John Reinish, uh, and and helping these kids. You know, Cedar Sinai's been my career. I'm there for 33 years, and I hope to continue. Is a building, and I love it dearly, and it's my career. But it's a building. What makes Cedars so special to me, and Los Angeles is so lucky to have it, is the people that are in the building, which are people like you, John Reinish. So I just love that people are going to be hearing you today, listeners to you that would otherwise not even know that you exist in terms of what you do. So teach us a little bit more, John Reinish. What kind of ear issues do you deal with? Well, the main thing, I mean, there are all kinds of ear issues from torn earlobes to small bumps and little cysts. But the thing we deal with is something called microtia, where you get a, a, you're born with a very little or no ear, and it usually occurs with no ear canal. So it affects your hearing and it affects your appearance. But what's so interesting is that uh, parents just uh, assume that their children hear because they're close to them. And so Mm. when they're babies, you're holding them and they respond to you, but they'll notice as they grow older that they're not hearing well. They don't have direction of sound. They don't hear well in noise. Ears actually don't hear. It's the brain that does the hearing. Mm. And ears are simply converters of sound waves come in through the ear and that get converted, uh, uh, to electrical impulses that go to the brain. And it's the brain that is the computer that can do interesting things like determine where the sound is coming from. And it also is able to suppress background noise like noise cancellation headphones. Mm. So children with only one ear, one good hearing ear, don't do well in noisy situations and they can't tell direction of sound. Um, so it's very important to, if you're going to make a canal to do it early because if you do it when they're over 20 the brain is it's too old it's not as plastic not as adaptable it's like trying to learn a sport or a language or music when you're in your 20s everyone who is really good at what they do sports music language do it before 10 they do it when they're early it's hmm. the same thing with hearing you so john reiner hearing i'm fascinated as a sculptor, as a surgeon, as an orthopedic surgeon, at the physical shape, the helix, the tragus, the lobule of the external ear, which is what you're creating, and how that affects capturing sound. So can you hang on? Because I can talk to you for hours, but I want to do another segment if you don't mind. Can you hang on? No, absolutely. Okay, great. The great Dr. John Reinish will pay some bills. You're listening to it a real treasure that we have here in Los Angeles. And he's a surgeon and he's a friend of mine and we're all blessed with his presence this morning. The great Dr. John Reinish. And we'll continue with it coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Roberto Clapperio, a fish tacologist. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I know the ins and outs of a fish taco. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Don McLean singing about Vincent Van Gogh. 
who actually did cut his ear off. But what he was trying to tell us, we only now can hear. One of the greatest artists of all time. But if Dr. Reinish was around, he could actually have helped Vincent Van Gogh because he can put and recreate an ear. I want to play a couple of sound bites about this Greek amphitheater built 2,500 years ago. And I want to hear, I had a professor, Dr. Ranawad, who invented the knee replacement, teach me that the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. This is a radio show, Dr. Reinish. The ears don't hear what the mind doesn't know, but I want to know what your ears hear when you hear about the genius behind creating this sculpture in a mountain for perfect hearing. So listen to these two sound bites. When a play required a god to descend from the heavens, an actor was flown in on a hoist. The masked performers often played to audiences of up to 14,000 without the benefit of microphones. Polyclitus was able to create perfect acoustics. Even a coin being dropped at the center of the performance circle can be heard clearly in the back rows. Mm. The design of the theater also enhances the sound of the human voice. The secret lies in how sounds are reflected by the stone itself. A sound is produced by somebody's mouth. It will hit a wall, that's a reflection. And what they've done in Apodavros in order to create a large quantity of short reflections is they've broken up the surface. You know, there is no surface which is flat. So when a sound hits a wall, it's diffused in many, many directions. It enhances the original sound by kind of stretching it a little bit longer than it already is. What do you hear about flat surfaces and enhancing? What does the outer ear actually do? Well, everybody, if you have trouble hearing, if you cup your hand behind your ear, you hear better. Uh, and everybody's had that experience. I remember listening to a lecture at, at UCLA once, uh, one evening, and I, I was sitting way in the balcony, and it was hard for me to hear, but if you if you put your hands behind your ear and sort of make a bigger ear, you capture uh, sound and you can hear better. Mm. Uh, I think in the days before hearing aids, they had mechanical things that would allow you to hear better by doing that. The sound is captured and then the configuration of the ear makes the sound go down the ear canal and it vibrates the eardrum. And then the middle ear, where there are three little bones, act like a lever system to amplify those little micro uh, vibrations. And then the, the last bone, which is looks like a stirrup, mm -hmm. uh, and it's called the stapes, pushes on a soft spot on the outer wall of the inner ear or cochlea. And that moves fluid in the cochlea. And there's a nerve there that has little hairs and those hairs move back and forth like seaweed uh, in, the, in the ocean. Uh, and that stimulates the nerve. And now you get electrical impulses to the brain. Unbelievable. A, it's unbelievable that a mechanical yeah. beating of a drum becomes an electrical energy. That's just incredible. But it's, you know what? When the wind blows... And those giant wind fans, you know, wheels out there in the desert, windmills, they turn into electricity. So it's the same thing where you take same the wind thing, exactly. and turn it into electricity. I mean, it's just, 
It's remarkable that we basically spend our entire life on this planet trying to copy what God made as a human being. This is basically what this is. So we just keep, and they did it 2,500 years ago. I'm just loving that the undulations of the folds of the cartilage of the ear is like everything is for a reason, is for a reason. It's not just you're cupping the ear. It's this undulating shape of the cartilage, right? I mean, that's very important. And then you asked what the outer ear does. I learned, I've had several patients who've had accidents where their ear is amputated, but they still have their canal. And they complain when they take a shower that water goes into their canal. Hmm. When we take a shower, we don't have that problem because Hmm. the outer ear also acts like a gutter and Hmm. keeps the water out of our canals when when, (laughs) when it rains or when you're in the shower. Uh, uh, Listen, Dr. Reines, John. You're still doing this. I don't have to tell everybody how old you are, but I'm 65 and you're (laughs) older than me. I don't ever want to stop because I love it more now than I ever have before. What is it that still brings you to the operating room table? Well, I love what I'm doing. And um, the interesting thing about the microtia, the kids who are born without ears, it's not very common. So it it, it occurs in about 1 in 10,000 children. So people just don't see much of it or do it very well. And the fact that we have people coming from all over the world, we do it two, three, four times a week, Mm. and we've just gotten good at it. And now in my, you know, the latter part of my career, we have people who are calling me or emailing me now from all over. Mm. And I can, I have the expertise now having done it for a long time and doing it so often that we can do it very well and very consistently. We do it quickly and we do it as an outpatient. We work with the same anesthesiologists, the same nurses, the same recovery room people. Mm. And it's just very pleasant to, to do that every day and make kids be able to hear. We, uh, this week I did ch- children from Europe that had missing both ears. Mm. And when we make a canal and when you make an ear, and they've now grown up since they were babies with hearing aids that they have to put on their head. As soon as you make the canal, they don't. The next day, they don't want to wear a hearing aid. It just it just changes their life, and they end up looking normal, and they can hear not quite as good, but with just a teeny bit of hearing loss. But it, but they go to school, and they don't have to be dependent on a on a medical device and battery. It's just. So exciting, and many people just don't know that that can be done, even in medicine. Well, John Reinish, your your dad you lost when you were young, your mom, they're so proud of what you've done with your life under the circumstances that it all started. It's just awesome. But I just want you to know how proud we are all are of you and what you do. It's It's such a beautiful thing that you bring to the life of so many people, and to be able to share these stories this morning is just awesome. Thanks so much for making time. I know you got a lot of things to do. The, all the Zoom meetings with the kids from all over the world. I really want to thank you for making the time and thank Karen Ibel for making this all happen. Uh, thanks so much for being with us this morning. All right, thank you, Robbie. Nice to talk to you. All right, young man. Wow. The great Dr. John Reinish. What a pleasure. He's what's special about Cedars. All right, Warriors. The lines are lit up. I'll take your calls. The clinic will be open. Oh, my God. And I got to tell you, What are we going to be doing next week? And also the food. Those two things that I put on Twitter that look like an ear. They're so delicious. 
Where can you get them? The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Hey, Robbie. Do you like donuts? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I love donuts. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're right in the eye of the tiger right now. We're actually inside the tiger's ear. That's what today's topic is. Forget about the eye. That'll be another show. All right, the line's lit up. Let's go. These folks have been hanging on forever. Let's go to Joe. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help, Joe? Hey, Doc. That was a fascinating uh, feature you just did with the Doc at Cedar Sonnet. Thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure, Joe. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 63. I'm a retired attorney. Oh, wow. What college? What law school? Uh, Well, like the doctor you had, I went to Dartmouth and I went to school at uh, Cal Berkeley Law. Wow. Did you eat a top dog when you were at Cal Berkeley Law? Uh, I ate a Togo's. Togo's. You didn't have the hot dogs, a top dog? That's like the greatest thing about San Francisco, Berkeley, California. But that's okay. Now, Togo's and uh, little Italian deli on uh, Shattuck. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So tell me about your father. What did he do for a living? Where did you grow up? I grew up in L.A. and my father was an orthopedic surgeon. No way. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. At Cedars? I don't know that he ever got to Cedars. He worked out at Temple Hospital, which I believe is now closed. Oh, wow. He worked out at Morningside Hospital in Inglewood. He worked out at Marina Mercy. Wow. What was his name? Yeah. Ed Wiggins. I never met that guy. I never heard about Ed Wiggins. Wow. And how about your mom? What'd she do? She taught high school and uh, counseled in high school at uh, Dorsey Manual Arts. In Venice. So why'd you become a lawyer? Who inspired you to do that? Uh, it's a little hard to say, a little convoluted, but uh, basically I couldn't see cutting people open the way my dad did. Hmm. Okay, that's a good answer. And sports, what do you like to do to keep yourself in shape? Uh, just working out at the gym, uh, play a little basketball in high school. Um, don't do much of that now, but I'm a big uh Soccer fan, watch a lot of soccer, watch a lot of baseball, big Dodger fan. Nice. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do it this year, or are the Mets going to take them out? Uh, they're playing so far off the charts now. All I'm hoping is they don't cool off in the series. I keep thinking about 1953, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't alive then. That was the best Dodger team that never won the World Series. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping they can hang on and do it. Just keep playing Trace Thompson. That's the key. Just tell Dave yeah, Roberts, is. keep playing Trace Thompson. Forget about everybody else. Yeah, he's incredible. Oh, he's so incredible. It's fabulous. All right, young man, how can I help you? What you do to yourself? So I stumbled about uh, a year ago. It was in November. I came back from the gym early one morning, stumbled, didn't fall, but I broke my right foot. Hmm. Went to the podiatrist. She had me in a walking boot for a while, in a brace for a while. So uh, as I'm recovering... I start to develop soreness in my left knee. Is that the now same my, knee as the foot right, injury or the other one? Uh, no, it's the opposite side from the foot injury. There you go. Okay. So, so the right foot has healed. 
I'm out of the boot. I'm walking around pretty much normal. I don't I don't run too much anymore, but I figured if I had to do suicides in the gym, I could, mm-hmm. except for this thing in my left knee, which is still kind of sore and stiff. So let's look at your knee through the radio right now. Are you sitting down right now? I am. All right, I need you to feel your knee, feel your kneecap, and pretend it's a clock. Clapper vision. Feel the kneecap, it's a clock. 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Now feel 6 o'clock, okay? I want you to stay at 6 o'clock in the middle, dead center of your kneecap, and now swing gently, keep your finger on your skin, and I need you to go at 6 o'clock horizontal, perfect horizontal to the big toe, medial, big toe side, and then to the little toe side. Where is your pain at six o'clock going towards the big toe horizontal, big toe medial or lateral, or is the pain someplace else? Well, I don't really feel a lot of pain there, but the the most sensation tightness I feel would be on the, the pinky side. So the lateral side, got it. Um, all right, is it at the level of six o'clock, or is it above it or below it? I say most of the discomfort is probably towards the lower part of the knee, lower part of the kneecap, top to bottom, lower part of the kneecap. Okay. All right. That's the lateral side. It's a less common sight for, so that totally is related to your altered gait from having the boot on for six or eight weeks. Um, yeah. So you've aggravated the arthritis that's behind your kneecap. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui called Heal Your Knees. You should get a copy. Please don't let anybody talk you into a cortisone shot or stem cells for $10,000 or Synvisc. Be holistic. No needles inside the joint. But I will tell you, how long is it persisting? A couple of months or more? This probably started in January. We're now in August. All right. So <laughs> it's then, been a while. Then, you know, lawyers like to use the word due diligence. It's not fair to just pat you on the shoulder and say you're 63, it's altococcoritis, and get on with your life and read the book and do the pool and the bike exercises. It's wrong. You really should have a, an, an MRI. Now, an X-ray won't be enough. You don't need dye injected. In my opinion, it's painful and unnecessary. But you should have an MRI done. And I will promise you this. If you get the MRI done... We will move you up to the top of the lists next Saturday, the Saturday after. You'll have the report in front of you, and I'll explain it to you with clap revision and tell you what to do. How's that? Okay, it'll take me a couple of weeks because I'm going to be heading out of town, but I will contact the doctor and uh, get an MRI, have it in front yeah. of you, and then you call in, and I'll just guide you in terms of what to do. It'll be my pleasure to help you. Okay, Doc, I appreciate it very much. Okay, young man, listen, you're a total stranger to me. You find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you be thanking me. All right, Doc, I'll do so. Okay, young man, pleasure. All right, let's quickly take one more. Let's go to Dave. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? And thanks for hanging on the line for forever. Ah, well, thanks for uh, taking my call. No problem, Dave. So, how young uh, are you? What do you do for a living? I'm... I'm okay. I'm 65. I've been IT for 40 years. I'm retiring next year. Um, but I'm very active life. When's your birthday? November 8th. Oh, November 8th. Okay, cool. All right. How can I help? What's up? Okay. So, um, 1983, uh, damaged my medial, my right leg medial meniscus, got arthroscopic surgery on it. It held up for years and then, you know, that's 35 years ago. So, uh, eventually got bone on bone. Finally, last December, I got a partial knee replacement. Mm. Um, 
I can mention the doctor's name if you care, but I don't uh, want to know because I wouldn't. Okay, I would fine. not that's have fine. suggested that. Okay, so the reason I say that is you're old enough that it's a matter of time before the other part starts to fall apart, which is going to lead to pain and swelling. Listen, I do unique compartmentals. I do them in a stewardess who's 38 years old who still wants to be a flight attendant because she had a a really bad meniscus that was done elsewhere and messed up her whole medial compartment. She's 38 years old. The other cartilage in her joint is just fine. The likelihood of a guy in his late 50s or 60s with that story is unlikely, and at least you get one operation and you get on with your life. Now you're going to deteriorate the areas that weren't addressed and now need another operation. That's basically what's going to happen, Dave. You may have just answered my question, okay? So uh, about three or four weeks ago, just doing, just getting out of the car, yep. uh, something happened to where I popped the, uh, the fake meniscus out. You know, I got an X-ray, and they can see the markers off. It's not between the metal like it should have been. Mm. So, um, you know, the quick fix would be for them to open up and, and uh, stuff another meniscus. No, 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 no. Pop. Don't I'm do thinking that. about going just, just full. I'm thinking about just going full, uh, full knee replacement. You need to get that thing out, fix it, and put a real one in. If you want, you know, I'm not here to solicit patients, but this is muy complicado, and you, you need to have – you need one more operation. You need to do it right. So if you want, it will be my uh, pleasure to help you. But you definitely need to have this revised. Then you get on with your life. It's the it's the right thing so to do. You're saying go full, yeah, and and I I'm leaning that way because you know it, as you know it takes it takes weeks. I mean I still got a little numbness from the no other no, no 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 you I, you're calling for my advice. You better take my advice. You want me to take care of it? I'm happy to, but you don't have to. You just need to have someone capable revise it to a full knee replacement so you can play tennis, play golf, hike. Swim and enjoy your life. All right, that's my advice to you. Yeah, full full knee replacement. Get okay. rid of revise. Don't redo. It. Yes. Don't, re, don't redo the partial. Right. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Great. All right, Dave. Do okay. me a favor. By you're the way, a, do, you're by a total. The way, do you have a brand? Do you have a brand of knee? Do you have a brand of, of yes. uh, replacement knee that yes. you recommend? Yes. I'm a big fan of Johnson and Johnson. That's the system that I use, and I'm not on the payroll. I get to use. I have the freedom to use whatever one I want, and for what you need, I I my opinion. They make the best revision system to get you on your feet. Go look at my website. You'll see a lady riding her bike uh, the day after I did her surgery. You'd, you'd be very impressed. But thanks so much. And listen, yeah. I want you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'd be thanking me. Okay. I'm sitting at Starbucks, and I see a total stranger. Maybe I'll buy him a coffee. That would be a good thing to do, Dave. Good, good way to start <laughs> the Saturday. God bless you, and thanks for listening. All right. All right. Thanks God bless you. You're welcome. All right, Warriors. We did it. We got to the end. There's a few more callers on the line. You'll have to call back next week. Call at uh, 7.30, and I'll be able to take your calls. And thanks for hanging on the line so long. But good. I love it. All right, next week, I still have to talk about my e-bike experience and surfing my Waikiki board. I took a 11-foot triple string. The thing must weigh 50 pounds. I had a handle put into it. It's so big and heavy. But it was so glassy this week that I decided to take this beast of a board out on Tuesday. And I surfed with my friend Ed. This thing's like an old Lincoln Continental. All I have to do is pop, pop, just with a couple of strokes, and it cuts through the waves and the water. Ah, but it was foggy, so you couldn't see. But the fog is a beautiful thing because it keeps the wind from lightening up. It was just like being in 
Waikiki, Hawaii, yet I was in Southern California. It was awesome. But I need to tell you about the e-bike and hearing those waves crash. I think I'll do it next week because next week we're going to do a show about the rhythm of water. That's going to be the topic because my guest is a surgeon, Dr. Eric Ziegen. He's an orthopedic surgeon, and his hobby is fly fishing. The Zen, the meditation, the rhythm of the river, the rhythm back and forth, throwing that. And there's a song written by the Cascades called Can't You Hear the Rhythm of the Rain? The rhythm of the rain. Well, the man who wrote that song, where he wrote it will surprise you. I'll give you a hint. It was on a battleship. But because of their manager... Nobody ever really heard of the Cascades. It became a number one song. These guys should have been all over the world. But using rain and the rhythm of rain to write a song. Well, Jim Morrison did it with The Doors, Riders of the Storm. These are two songs that actually have true thunder in their songs. I want to get into the rhythm of the rain, the rhythm of water, fly fishing, And you'll also hear a little bit from Jerry Lopez, the greatest surfer, and the rhythm of the ocean waves. That's going to be next week's topic. Food? Well, you know where that donut came from. It came from Good Time Donuts in Ventura. And Sue made an old-fashioned, because it looks like an ear to me, with undulations. My mouth is watering already. And that picture I put on Twitter of that French Danish that looks like the oracle, the helix, the tragus, the lobule of your ear with raisins. It's a fancy croissant, but it's coiled. Comes from Paris Baguette, and it is delicious. Those are two food items that relate to the mastery of the ear. Until next week, I'm going to leave you with Volari, which means I'm singing and I'm flying, which we do every week. And thanks for telling your friends, and thanks for telling your family. You now are junior orthopedic surgeons in your family because you can use Clapper Vision. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.